Welcome to the Family Beacon Podcast from Minnesota Family Council with hosts Grace Evans and Moses Bratchrud. Stay informed on the top stories on life, family, and religious freedom. Get the facts, stand for truth. Hello, this is the Family Beacon from Minnesota Family Council. I'm Moses Bratchrud with Grace Evans. We're so glad you're joining us today. This episode, we're going to do something a little bit different. We normally bring you the top stories of the week, condensed, clear, ready for you to take that and um, have it something actionable, um, those top stories of the week for life, family, and religious freedom in Minnesota and beyond. Today, we're going to be spending this whole episode talking about one topic, and it's one of the most controversial things yeah. that's out there right now. And um, and we're trying to take an approach to this that is based on grace. Um, grace Evans, right here. <laughs> we're, t- oh, wow. we're trying to take an approach to this that is based on the grace of Jesus Christ. Yep. And and there is that that is where we're trying to start here. I started with that before I even told you what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about critical race theory. Mm-hmm. You'll see that from the t- from the title too. Yes, and and and, and you yeah. clicked on this probably knowing what it was going to be a good point. So and what I think do- the I think the first thing too we want to say is we're going to be talking about this again. This isn't a one-time thing. This is a brief intro. There's so much research on this subject. There's so many books on this topic. Um, This is just barely scratching the surface. Absolutely. So at the end and in the show notes, we're going to be giving you a list of resources Mm -hmm. that we have reviewed and that you can review to learn more about this topic. So I want to start with a quote from um, someone who espouses critical race theory. And I just want to ask you, Grace, and our audience, how on earth... Is someone going around in 2021 actually saying this? This is from Ibram X. Kendi from his book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, which I've read. I highly recommend it. It's very um, it's very <laughs> entertaining. He highly recommends it if you want to understand what proponents of critical race theory teach. Yes. It, it, yeah. I don't I don't uh, I don't agree with uh, Dr. Kendi about much. Um, uh, he says this. The only remedy to racist discrimination is anti-racist discrimination. The only remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination. Now, I want to unpack that. What does that mean? It means he's advocating for discrimination based on race. That is something that we have all grown up to understand as something that's racist, but that's what is being taught as part of critical race theory. So we're going to try to understand that. But first of all, we need to talk about how the Bible treats race, ethnicity. Mm-hmm. Grace, you've done a little bit of research on this. What do we need to know from the Bible as we start approaching this difficult topic? We need to be clear. We need to fully understand that there is one human race, that every single human, no matter what ethnicity, is made in the image of God. Yes. And so we're all part of one human race. We're all descended from Adam and Eve. Uh, Galatians 3.28 states, There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ mm. Jesus. Amen. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So there's one human race. Um, there are different ethnicities. But there's one human race. In addition, something that we need to understand is that the Bible doesn't speak about racism. That isn't to say that racism mm. doesn't exist. That isn't, doesn't, is not to say that racism isn't a sin. Racism is an abomination against God. Um, it's assault on the image of God. It's showing partiality. And that there is the key word. The Bible talks about partiality. Um, James 
chapter two talks about it. I'm going to read you the verse. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, you stand over there, or sit down at my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become mm-hmm. judges with evil thoughts? That's James 2, 1 to 4. The Lord, the Bible talks about the sin of partiality. That is an abomination. That is something as Christians we are called to stand against. We are not mm-hmm. called to divide among ourselves in terms of social class, in terms of gender, in terms of different ethnicities, or in terms of socioeconomic status. We're not called to to divide over that. Um, we're not called to show partiality on account of that. Uh, instead, we're called to stand against that. We're called to unify as we're all one human race. And so I think that's really where we need to start. We need to start yes. with one, um, a partiality is a sin that the Bible speaks of. Mm-hmm. And two, we are all one human race. Grace, thank you so much for that. We need to stay grounded in the Word of God when Mm -hmm. we talk about these things. It's so easy to digest the talking points from talking heads on Fox News or MSNBC or whoever is talking about critical race theory and it's being tossed about like a political football between the right and the left. It's this this huge culture war. The right and progressives. What'd you say? The right and progressives. Between the right and progressives. It's this huge culture war football and we we need to cut through the noise and we need to stand for truth and and I think what, what, what Grace is saying is that the Bible says that we are all one in mm-hmm. Christ Jesus mm-hmm. and that to show partiality to someone because of their race or because of their wealth or because of their status of being in the womb or outside of the womb mm-hmm. is sinful. Mm-hmm. God hates partiality, okay? So we start with that. And something else, too, I think we should start with is that... Um, critical race theory is a worldview. I think that's really essential. Um, The UCLA Luskin School of Public Affairs um, has a definition on this. It's one of the most broadly quoted definitions. I'm not going to read it all right now. But in that that definition, it it describes critical race theory as the analytical lens. And analytical lens is what a worldview is. Critical race theory has its own worldview. That's just a fancy word for worldview. Right. That's a fancy word for worldview. Do not be led astray. Critical race theory has its own worldview. The gospel has a specific worldview. You can only have one worldview. And here in this podcast, we're going to break that down. We're going to break down the biblical worldview, yes. and we're going to break down the, the worldview of critical race theory. That's exactly what we're going to be doing. And the first thing we're going to do to start with, and this is a tough topic, but we need to talk about racism. Mm-hmm. Racism is something that some people want to talk a lot about, and some people don't want to talk about it at all, as if it were... Uh, again, making racism like critical race theory, making racism into a just a political issue. Like there's one side that's pro-racist and one side that's anti-racist when that's just false. In fact, um, as we'll as we'll see, this this creed of anti-racism is actually pretty racist. <laughs> so we'll be talking about that. But let's let's start with a couple of facts, okay? So the first fact is, Racism exists. And I want to give you two quick examples of how racism currently still exists because there seems to be some controversy about that. 
And and this is why some people think that critical race theory is the answer because they they do experience racism. So I'll give you two quick examples, and it's discrimination against people based on their names in both cases. So first of all, uh, th these are both peer-reviewed studies. I'm not saying these are definitive on these topics. Okay, there's lots of research out there. I encourage you to do your own. Um, here's uh, here's an article uh, called uh, "Are Emily and Greg More Employable Than the Than Lakeisha and Jamal?" A field experiment on labor market discrimination. And just very quickly, uh, these are what the authors say. We study race in the labor market by sending fictitious resumes to help wanted ads in the Boston and Chicago newspapers. To manipulate perceived race, resumes are randomly assigned African-American or white-sounding names. White names receive 50% more callbacks for interviews. Resumes are also more responsive to resume quality for white names than for African-American ones. Now, the racial gap is uniform across occupation, industry, employer size. We find little evidence that employers are doing this based on social class. Rather, they believe, the authors, that differential treatment by race still appears to be prominent in the U.S. labor market. Now, that's a big deal, okay? If it's true, as this study alleges, that it is harder for African-Americans to get a callback on a, on a when they have identical qualifications to a to a white applicant based on discrimination on names, which, of mm -hmm. course, is not a perfect means of discerning someone's race from a piece of paper, uh, then that's a problem. That is a problem that we would have to find some way of addressing. And some people are going to say, yeah, critical race theory is the way we address that problem. Mm -hmm. And as we're going to see, it's not. In fact, it it's it's almost like well as in fact as we started the show Ibram Kendi says the only way to solve discrimination like this is with anti-racist discrimination by which he wouldn't mean and he basically he actually has gone gone public and said he wants there to be a federal government department mm -hmm. of anti-racism mm -hmm. to make Fun sure that this stuff. is taking place. Fun yeah. stuff. He wants. Essentially, uh, in this particular situation, I think if you said, Dr. Kennedy, how would you solve this problem? He would say, well, we need to make sure, 100% certain, that employers are... Not discriminating on the basis of race. Uh, well, I would agree with that. That's the law. Mm -hmm. Employers should not yeah. discriminate on the basis of but race. That is literally right illegal. Now. But we need, to, we, need, we need to... What Dr. Kennedy would say is that employers should be forced to give An anti interviews. Anti-racist training, too. <laughs> Probably forced to give anti-racist uh, <laughs> training. But generally, he would say we need race quotas. That, that's the thing that, that uh, anti-racists love to talk about. They love to talk about, well, we just need, you know, uh, we need this X many people on our workforce to be uh, to be this certain race, not based on their qualifications, but based on their ethnicity. And I want to say right now, without any uh, beating around the bush, that that is racist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is racist to... to hire someone based on their skin color rather than based on their achievements and what they've done and their unique qualifications for the job. Right. That That is racist. Another, and, and just like, full stop, it's mm -hmm. racist. So mm -hmm. contra what Dr. Kendi says, the solution to racist discrimination is not more racist discrimination. That is what he's arguing for, and that is not what would solve any problem. And to bring it home with the gospel, too, he says the only remedy to racist discrimination, racist discrimination, again, being a sin problem, a sin problem of partiality, which the Bible speaks about, 
He says the only solution is anti-racist discrimination. So the only solution to a sin problem is another sin problem. From the gospel standpoint, that is not true. The only solution to sin problems are gospel solutions. Mm. The only solution yes. to partiality is going to be the word of God. And God, it, the only solution is God. That's, that's The gospel is the solution and the gospel is enough. And you, you may have heard that before. We might be repeating ourselves a couple times, and that's because it's so important to it's get so this important. right. If we start looking at worldly solutions to to any problem, really, then mm-hmm. we are going to be left um, up a creek without a paddle because the world cannot solve its own problems. Mm-hmm. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We have created a mess for ourselves in this earth that we cannot solve. We need to be saved out of that. Jesus Christ offers us salvation through his precious blood, through his word. We have to take that on and we need to show no partiality based on race. And if someone is showing partiality based on race, a.k.a. if they are acting in a racist way, then we need to not do the same thing to them. Right. Okay? Simple love thy neighbor stuff here, and yet our culture seems to be uh, kind of losing the uh, losing the thread on this. Right. And I think it's, it's really hard because critical race theory is so confusing. There's so many tenets out. There's so many books on it. It's understandable in a way because there's so much to dive into, and that's really what we're here to do. We're here to dive into that for you. We're here to give you facts so that you can go and make a very informed opinion about this and go do your own research. Yes, exactly. So without further ado, let's get into what some scholars say critical race theory is. As Grace said, there are multiple interpretations of what critical race theory is. And uh, even in this article, there are one, two, three, four, five, five different definitions, all with different tenets. Okay. Different definitions. Yeah. This is, but at the core, there are things at, that... At the core, there are things that we can yeah. certainly say that they have in common. So this, um, the article I'm taking this from is by Neil Shenvey. He is a scientist and a um, homeschooling dad mm-hmm. and a Christian apologist and basically just overqualified in every possible way. And he's just c- collecting not his own views, but he's collecting what critical race theorists actually say critical race theory actually is. Yeah. And this uh, this post is going to be in the show notes so you can go there. Again, we're going to have a list of resources that you can review. So in other words, just to clarify, Shenvi is one of the leading voice, Christian voices on critical race theory. Yes. He looks at it from a biblical perspective. And in this article, he uh, takes uh, primary sources of critical race theorists at their word and has laid it out for us to discuss. So we are, we're going to the primary sources that he has compiled for us. We're going right ad fontes straight to the mm-hmm. sources because this is, this is how we should look at this. We should look at this by looking at what these people are actually saying exactly. and then take, take them at their word, make a good faith uh, effort to understand what they're saying, understand where they're coming from, and then see whether it holds up. Okay, so here we go. Now I'm quoting again from uh, from an article called Access and Equity for African-American Students in Higher Education, a Critical Race Historical Analysis of Policy Efforts. This is laying out seven tenets of critical race theory. And this is from 2009. This is not something that's been around forever. Now it has links to things like Marxism that have been around for a long time. But Critical race theory really is uh, it, it really is something new, uh, and that's why it's such a causing such a furor right now. Tenet one: 
Racism is a normal part of American life, often lacking the ability to be distinctively recognized. Okay, so there's a mm-hmm. some passive voice there that I don't like. I just want to say the t- classic academic books. Okay, even when they're talking about something as important um, to them and 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 to to our country right now as racism, they can't just use the active voice on their verbs. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow. To be a well, here we have Nazi. our grad school student. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm 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 in the. Can I? Can you tell I'm in the midst of writing can my dissertation? <laughs> Okay, so uh, it continues. A critical race theory lens unveils the various forms and in which again, racism... And again, critical race theory lens. It's a worldview. It's a lens. It's a worldview. World That's right, exactly. Mm-hmm. A critical... La- um, excuse me. A critical race theory lens unveils the various forms in which racism continually manifests itself. Tenet 2. Ideas like liberalism, neutrality, objectivity, colorblindness, and meritocracy camouflage how racial advantage propels the self-interests, power, and privilege of the dominant group. Okay, so that's that's really an interesting statement. I'm just mm-hmm. going to say one thing about that before I move on. Colorblindness. What does that mean? That means not looking, not seeing color, not seeing color, not not judging. Uh, people ba- on the basis of their skin color like- or, or ethnicity or other ethnic characteristics. And critical race theory is saying that all that is, that's that's not something to be praised. That's just camouflaging the self-interest, power, and privilege of the dominant group. And it is hard to overstate how uh, bad that is. And you know, obviously, we all know what Martin Luther King said mm-hmm. in Washington D.C. about um, judging people based on the content of their character, not the color of their skin. Yeah. Right? He said that, and uh, that—that's something that's quoted all the time. And critical and, race theorists disagree with that. And critical they disagree race theorists with Martin Luther King do Jr. disagree with that, and um, and there's there's other things that Dr. King said about about race and racism that are a little bit more um, the critical racist theorists. I almost called them critical racist theorists. And you know what? I'm just going to do it. Critical racist theorists would point to some things that Dr. King said, and they'd say, look, hey, Dr. King supports us. But he didn't. He didn't. And uh, including what he said in a letter to Birmingham jail about white moderates, you can look it up, but it is not supportive of critical race theory. Okay? And uh, and that's just – that's kind of a big deal because um, because – of the way Martin Luther King changed the way we think about race and racism in this country. And critical race theory is basically saying, no, this whole colorblindness thing, uh-uh. No, we're going we're gonna to go in a completely different direction. They see we're going to fight racism with more racism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I'm, Fighting I, I, sin with more sin in gospel, in right, gospel terminology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, two wrongs. Do not make a right. That's probably one thing critical race theorists failed to learn when they were in grade school is that oh two boy. wrongs do not make a right. Okay, tenet three. CRT gives voice to the unique perspectives and lived experiences of people of color. Okay? Tenet four. CRT recognizes interest convergence, the process whereby the white power structure will tolerate or encourage racial advances for blacks only when they also promote white self-interest. Okay. I know this is dense. This is academic jargon right here. Interest convergence essentially means that they are saying that white people will only fight for things that benefit black people if they also benefit the white power structure. Essentially, that white that they act in their self-interest. White people only act in their self-interest. White people only act in their self-interest. That's the that's the uh, and and also any any oppressor. Uh, system. This isn't limited to white people. They believe that, for example, 
Chinese people in certain Southeast Asian countries where uh, Chinese people are um, are a minority, but they're uh, represented in, or they might be the majority, but they're represented in the levels of government and and um, and so forth. They would certainly apply this to that as well. So they would say, "Oh, this isn't just white people," and that's just to to be in good faith. They're they're not just saying this against white people, but in America, they're they're saying this about the Constitution. They're saying that the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence are the white power structure that needs to be disrupted. Because if you don't, white people will only promote black. Uh, uh, racial advances if it promotes white self-interest. This is a huge um, talking point. A huge talking point. Mm-hmm. Tenet five. Yep. Revisionist history is another tenet of critical race theory, which suggests that American history be closely scrutinized and reinterpreted as opposed to being accepted as at face value and truth. Okay. So this is a crucial concept. Deconstruction. Deconstruction which, which of American into. history. Um the 1619 Project is oh, yes. a crucial example of this. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Tenet 6. Critical race theory also relies on racial realists or individuals who not only recognize race as a social construct, but also realize that racism is a means by which society allocates privilege and status. So race is a social construct for critical race theorists. It is not something that is biologically real. Which, according to the Bible, is true. There's one human race. That's actually a great point, and, and that, that's that's race. a good point. Well, there's there's um, this used to be a whole a whole thing, and sometimes it still is. Pseudoscientific racism: the idea that there are scientific differences um, uh, among um, different ethnicities, different people groups that make a difference to their value as humans. Mm-hmm. That was a justification that was used for slavery and Jim Crow and so forth. That is false. That is false. We are all one in Christ Jesus. We are all equal. Before Christ Jesus, the ethnic the the gospel has no color line. That is so crucial to say. Mm-hmm. And yet, critical and yet, race theory. The best lies have a sliver of truth in them. So, oh man, yeah, we can we go can back to the garden that with that. Time. We can yeah. go back to the serpent and Eve. Um, but that is part of the reason why critical race theory has become so prevalent and is taking over the strongholds, taking over the churches, um, because there's a sliver of truth in it. Yeah. So. Um, finally, tenet seven, critical race theory critiques. So that is crit- people like us critiquing critical race theory claim that A, colorblindness will eliminate racism. B, racism is a matter of individuals, not systems. And C, one can fight racism without paying attention to sexism, homophobia, economic exploita- exploitation, and other forms of oppression and injustice. So, um, so that's, that's not really a tenet of critical race theory. It's anticipating uh, disagreement uh, mm-hmm. about critical race theory. So I'm not going to break down all seven of those tenets because a lot of them speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's just really important to say, uh, as, as Grace pointed out, this isn't the only definition of critical race theory There's that's so out many. there. Another one, for example, uh, I think this is just uh, just eye-popping. From Kafi D. Kumasi, Critical Race Theory and Education, Mapping a Legacy of Activism and Scholarship, um, in Levinson's Beyond Critique, he says, blacks experience the power of second sight from the perspective of anti-black prejudice. And what you could go to from there is this idea that, um, is this idea that you can't 
you you can't speak about racism you can't you can't speak you can't you can't even know the truth about racism unless you are someone from an oppressed uh, uh, cast and that's that's something where we're getting onto really dicey ground because it's like is there objective truth is something objectively knowable if it's not how how do you convince me that it's true and so we we don't want to get off on a rabbit trail talking about all these different uh, right. these different types of There's critical race here. theory. There's a lot, exactly. And our goal, again, in this podcast is set the framework, set the groundwork, um, start the conversation here at Minnesota Family Council on the Family Beacon. Not, We're not giving a comprehensive explanation of this. That would be impossible. No one's given a comprehensive explanation of critical race theory. This will be an ongoing conversation. This is to get the ball rolling and to get us thinking um, in gospel terms with a gospel worldview. And when we're thinking about critical race theory, we have to see things through a Christian lens. Otherwise, our image of the world is going to be clouded, and it's going to be, and it's going to, our judgment will be clouded, and we will not see things clearly. Yeah, what we're saying is, Christians, think about these issues mm-hmm. not from a worldly perspective, but from the lens of the God who saved you, and the word of the word of the Lord, which gives us truth and not yesterday today and forever who breaks down all barriers all cultural and ethnic barriers all sin barriers god breaks them down we are one in christ we're unified in christ that's really the thing to remember here the gospel is the solution we don't have to run to the world to solve sin problems yeah that's exactly right i want to just real talk for a second okay you have people you have friends Mm -hmm. who think that critical race theory sounds pretty good Maybe you think it sounds pretty good. And I want to say something to people who who think that this sounds good. If you are a Christian, this is not the solution you're looking for, okay? We you can you can come to a place where you accept uh, you you should come to a place where you accept that racism is real. That racism is it exists in America. Racism exists in America. We need to fight against it. We need to fight against it. It 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 is the biblical sin. It is part of the biblical sin of impartiality. And of partiality. Uh, uh, did I say impartiality? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys know what we mean. <laughs> the biblical sin of partiality. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, I don't want that to go out, um, mm-hmm. that, that we're against impartiality because <laughs> we're for impartiality Absolutely. and critical race theory is not. That would be a big, a big difference. Do you believe in treating people equally? Do you believe in looking at the people next to you in the pews and seeing them not as members of an oppressed group or what you think is an oppressor group, but people who Jesus Christ died for? And if you believe that people around you are, uh, that their primary identity is their racial identity, which critical race theory absolutely says, then... Your primary identity as a Christian is is, is as a Christian. Your primary identity is as a Christian. Yes. And if you you lose sight of that fact, mm -hmm. then, then, then then you are opening yourself to the idea that maybe we need to... Uh, maybe we need to to listen to the critical race theorists, and um, and the critical race theorists do not like Christianity. No, they're hostile to it. They believe that it is. Um, uh, very few of them are are, are believers, and uh, the one, and others, many of them, will just say Christianity is a white man's religion. You know, despite the fact that. Christianity was not founded by white people, and that Christianity gave solace and comfort to African slaves who gave us the rich history of African-American spirituality, slave spirituals, and like 
they would say, oh, no, that was a bad thing. <laughs> that was a bad thing because Christianity is a white man's religion. People will say that this is all part of the, of, of the, of the totalizing lens of critical race theory. And, and bottom line, too, I think, Moses, is we – Paul talks a lot about false philosophies. He talks a lot about yes. church being taken captive by vain, by vain philosophy. And Colossians 2.8, I'm going to read this for you right now. This is straight from Paul, and I think it's very applicable to our day and age. Paul says, see to it that none of you – no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, which is based on human tradition and the spiritual forces of the world rather than on Christ. And that's something that I really want everyone listening to this podcast to think about, to think about that verse, to think about other places where Paul talks about this, and to apply that when thinking about critical race yes. theory. Be very careful when the world is bringing solutions to sin problems, when the gospel has already stated that sin problems have been resolved in Christ. Yes. Christ has already reconciled us. Christ has already reconciled the ethnic barriers and ethnic tensions. So why are so many churches going to a different doctrine and a different mm. gospel to try to reconcile the sin problems that have been around since the beginning, since, since Adam and Eve sinned? Why are we running to a right. different gospel? We need to think very clearly and very biblically about this because so many, so many stronghold places that should be strongholds are falling to this false doctrine. That that is that is such a, a scary thing, but it's mm -hmm. absolutely right. Churches are taking this on board, hook, line, and sinker. Mm -hmm. They are failing to protect their flock from false doctrine. Mm -hmm. They are selling a view of race and racism that is not biblical. There is a biblical view of how life. to fight racism. This ain't it, okay? I don't know how don't much Don't fight racism with, with impartiality. Yeah. Yeah. The, the gospel says don't be impartial. Don't be impartial. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got you back. I got you back. We both did it. Partiality and uh, impartiality, those are those are um, very important uh, to get right, mm -hmm. what, what that is and what that isn't. Absolutely. So I want to bring this in for a landing. Critical race theory is a hugely important issue. Yes. It is, and I'm, I'm not overstating this here, it is an attempt to divide Americans along racial lines mm -hmm. in a manner that we haven't seen since Jim Crow. And the truth that it highlights, the truth that there is racism in America, that racial discrimination does take place, is absolutely, uh, it, it absolutely is, it doesn't take into account the most important fact that we haven't even talked about yet today. The we'll most important about fact about discrimination in this country on race, on racial lines, is that it has improved immeasurably. Mm -hmm. It is, and it, it's really hard to argue with this point, and yet critical race theorists do, it is so much better now to be an Asian person, to be an Hispanic person, to be a black person in this country. Than it was in the Jim Crow days. Than it was in the Jim Crow days, 50 years ago, 100 years ago. There are... There are so many opportunities that are open to people of every right. every it's not race, a race, color, the and progress creed. We've made as a country. Yeah, it's not a race that we 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 choose to have. I mean, just putting my American hat on here. Primarily, I'm a Christian, okay, but I'm also an American. Can't get away from that. Putting my American hat on here, I am proud of the progress that our country has made. It, I, uh, I am. We 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 started out in a pretty rough place, okay. We started out with a three fifths compromise giving plantation owners in the South power over their slaves, political power. We, we came through the Missouri Compromise. We came through the blood and carnage of the Civil War. We came through the, the Ku Klux Klan, the, the, the lynchings that took place, even in Minnesota, even in Duluth. Mm -hmm. and, 
uh, we came through the Civil Rights Act, and now we're at a place where racism is not gone, but there is less racism today than I would say probably at any time in American history. Mm-hmm. And, and we're, races, yeah, races, we're at the we, crux of losing that, though. We're at the crux of losing that. We're losing the progress we've made. We're at the crux of losing all that progress if we turn to a philosophy like critical race theory that divides Americans along racial lines once again. Mm-hmm. The worst thing about critical race theory is that by reducing all of us to just our race, mm-hmm. it threatens our to ethnicity. bring all of that stuff back like a nightmare where you wake up and it's all still there. And, and this is why parents fighting critical race theory often call it critical racist theory because that's what it is. And we'll probably talk more about that in the podcast too, that group of parents that we stood up We will be to, talking more about this. We'll talk more about that. But to me, I, I agree with what Moses has said, but the worst thing about critical race theory to me isn't just that Americans are dividing over this. It's the fact that the church is dividing mm, about this. Yes. The body of Christ is yes. so divided about, about this issue. And critical race theory teaches a gospel of grievance. We'll talk more about this in future podcasts. It teaches a gospel of grievance, a gospel that it's works-based, not grace-based. Yes. It's a false gospel because it teaches the solution to sin problems rest in works rather than gospel solutions. It teaches that truth is relative, experiential, and understood through lived experiences and narratives. Mm-hmm. However, the Bible is so clear on this. The Bible teaches that truth is objective and that every ethnicity has the potential to access it. Um, The Bible is clear about where wisdom is found. Wisdom is found in the fear of the Lord. And everyone has access, every Christian has access to that. The gospel unites rather than divides. We know this. And first, we need to know that we're united in our common sin. We're united in that. All have fallen and all have fallen, sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, Romans, Romans 5.12. And second, we are united under the blood of Christ and his grace and his atonement, which is freely given yes. to all ethnicities who believe in the name of the Lord. That's my take. Amen. Wow. I mean, that that that, that is what it is. United by our common sin. Mm-hmm. United common by grace. the blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. That is what the church has in common. And that takes precedence over any racial or economic or political um, uh, veils that might threaten to divide us. That's that's our first word on critical race theory. Mm-hmm. There will be more. We will speak about this issue again. I want to say again that this is such a huge issue. It can be so complicated. There's so much in the air about it right now. I'm we'll researching. Have, I'm learning. I'm growing. Moses is doing the same. Absolutely. We we are not we are not the end all be all no. on this topic. We are and not saying we are the experts. No. And and no. And 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 I want you to to take this warts and all as our first effort to help you understand, to help you cut through the noise, to help you get the facts, and stand, for truth. stand for truth. And uh, there'll be resources on our web uh, our website on the in the show notes for this for this episode. This is the Family Beacon from Minnesota Family Council. We're so glad that you tuned in today. I'm Moses Bradford. This is Grace Evans. Thank you so much for watching. listening to or watching this episode of the Family Beacon podcast from Minnesota Family Council. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you're up to date on life, family, and religious freedom. You can follow us on Instagram at MN Family Council and subscribe to us on YouTube to watch our content. Get the facts, stand for truth.